Hello, everybody. It is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate you downloading it on any audio platform. It's available on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Stitcher, just so many different apps that you can download and listen to it on. Uh, you can also listen to it on YouTube. I'd really appreciate it if you left a like on the YouTube video if you're watching. And uh, you can check out my clips channel linked in the description where you can hear me talk about specific topics if maybe you don't want to hear the full uh, about an hour podcast at least most of the time and yeah let's just get right into it first talking about heat versus celtics game four now as a huge 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 celtics fan my entire uh life of watching basketball this was a really really tough game to watch for sure just an absolute heartbreaker especially considering how close every one of these games have been for it to be a uh, three to one series uh it's tough I saw a tweet from Zach Lowe, I'm sure plenty of other people have uh, recognized and saw this too, that if you add up all the scores, the series is literally tied. So that's just that's just really sad for the Celtics to be down 3-1. Uh, it could easily be the other way where the Celtics would be up 3-1. Uh, the series could already be over. Uh, they It could be 2-2, but the late game execution from the Heat has just simply been better and they've been closing out games. Uh but the first half of this game was a pretty ugly one on both sides. Uh, both teams were kind of struggling to shoot the ball. Jason Tatum had an awful first half, scoring zero points. Uh, but he really bounced back and had a massive second half, scoring all of his 28 points in the second half. He was great, uh, hitting a bunch of tough shots, hitting some shots to pull them back into the game uh, when it looked like it could have been really just over. And, yeah, he was uh, really good in the second half. And uh, it was nice to see him bounce back and not just have a terrible game overall. Because Tatum, even though I think he's one of the 10 to 12 best players in the entire league, is one of those players who, uh, even though he's so talented offensively, he can sometimes have these really bad games, and then he loses his confidence, is getting passive when he's taking shots. It really just looks like he's kind of just throwing them up. But he came out in the second half with a point to prove in a must-win game, and even though we didn't win, it was great to see uh, that heart and that effort from him. And then Jalen Brown played really good. I mean, 8 of 14, 4 of 7. I just want to see him be more uh, assertive for sure. Because whenever he is uh, going after it, he's scoring the ball pretty well. I mean, again, 4 of 7 threes overall. He just shot it really efficiently. And, yeah, I just need to see him be more aggressive for sure. Uh, only thing is, definitely need to cut down on those turnovers. I mean, uh, Jalen and Jason combined for 10 turnovers. That was pretty bad. And uh, the zone, again, caused us a lot of issue, caused a lot of those turnovers to happen. Uh, but, yeah, need to see Jalen be more aggressive throughout the game because sometimes he can just be there way too often and kind of just disappear into the game. And he's too talented to do that. And he's too big of uh, of a part for the Celtics offense to do that. And uh, Kemba also, I mean, he had a decent game, 20 points, uh, shot 3 of 8 from 3. Just uh, pretty much a classic Kemba game, 20 points, 5 assists. Uh, nothing special, but also nothing that stood out as bad uh, and wasn't the reason we lost at all, but was, wouldn't have been a huge reason for the win either. And then Marcus Smart. I love Marcus Smart so much. Uh, he brings all the heart to the Celtics team. He just brings so much to this team. Uh, but I think he was probably the biggest reason why we lost this game. I mean, Tatum scoring zero points in the first half definitely didn't help. Uh, but he had this, like, 10-minute stretch where he was just awful. 
overall, he only had four turnovers compared to 11 assists, which is obviously nice. But he was having turnovers. And then the shot, uh, even though, I, again, love Marcus Smart. It's so frustrating as a Celtics fan. The Marcus Smart experience of him being crazy from 3-1 game. Then, like, this 1 of 8, she shot 3 of 12 overall, uh, fouled out. It just was a pretty bad performance and he just made a lot of uh, costly bad decisions uh, that were the reason we lost this game. And I just think his impact, even though he does so much on the floor, this game at least it w- wasn't a positive impact because he was just making a lot of boneheaded plays, taking bad shots. Uh, and he's just not uh, a good enough offensive player to warrant taking these shots away from such talented offensive guys like Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. Uh, he's got to just sometimes realize that he is uh, the he is like the fifth offensive option for a reason, and it's because of how damn inconsistent he is, and he's just not a crazy talented offensive player. And then I mean Gordon Hayward, uh, he was he didn't miss some crucial shots that kind of hurt to see, but overall I mean he still played solid in 29 minutes, 14 points, uh, seven rebounds three assists playing solid defense he just had a, a decent overall game nothing special but he was a positive on the floor he was uh i had a plus minus a plus eight and again whenever he's on the floor he's always super impactful uh that's why we saw even with daniel tice not fouling a bunch like he had before he played 30 minutes and only had one foul but again only played 30 minutes gordon hayward played about the same even though he's coming off that injury uh would just like to see him hit his shots more because those uh, couple crucial threes he missed in the corner, uh, vividly I remember some of them. That could have been a huge momentum swing if he just hit those, because he was getting left open when they were doing the zone, and we were uh, swinging the ball to him in the corner. We would like get it at the free throw line area, kick it to like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown on the wing, and they'd usually kick it to Gordon Hayward in the corner. Uh, but he was missing some of those shots, and that could have been huge if he made those shots. Uh, but, I mean, overall, the Celtics just looked kind of flat. The energy really wasn't there. I thought we were going to saw the same, uh, see the same energy we saw in Game 3, where it looked like a oh, uh, win-or-go-home game. Uh, and this one basically is, because we, obviously we've seen the Nuggets come back from down uh, 3-1 twice in this playoffs, and we've seen uh, 3-1 comebacks happen before. But they're just really rare, and this Heat team is too too just simply too good to go down uh 3-1 against but the turnovers were just a huge huge issue 19 turnovers on the game uh rebounding was definitely an issue too there was just a specific stretch uh that like i vividly vividly remember in my head where even though the heat didn't score off this it's just a terrible look where the celtics got will allow the Heat to get, like, four offensive rebounds straight and allow them to get, like, an open three from Tyler Hero, an open three from uh, Goran Dragic, um, maybe an open three from Duncan Robinson, too. And, I mean, none of those hit, but those guys are all high-percentage shooters and really talented. So you just can't let that happen. Uh, a lot of the times the ball would just be hitting off our hands, and it was just kind of it was sad to see. Uh, I would have loved to see them go out with a bigger fight. I mean, it was nice to see them uh, pull back late because I thought the game was basically 100% over when the Heat were up by six uh, with the ball. But the Celtics just wouldn't go away. Uh, Tatum got that steal on Jimmy Butler and hit the three. And, I mean, we had a chance to try and tie the game, uh, but we didn't even get a shot off at the end, which sucked. 
And overall, I mean, it's just a really, really tough loss to take as a Celtics fan. And it's sad that uh, this isn't a 2-2 series because I think every uh, person who is just an uh, unbiased fan would want this to be a 2-2 series because that means it's an even playing field and it's just whoever is the best uh, team in this next three games is going to be the winners. Uh, But I think it's over for the Celtics. They definitely had a really, really good season. Uh, Jason Tatum took a huge step uh, truly became the star of the team, became the number one guy, and I think he's going to have another massive season next year. I think he's going to be that consistent about 25, uh, eight rebounds, four to five assists on all defense level uh, defense. So uh, it was great to see that this year after we gave Jalen Brown a big extension uh, after a very, very disappointing season last year. He stepped it up. Uh, played really good this season, was an efficient 20-point scorer, was super consistent, uh, very good defender. His playmaking isn't still isn't great, but is, has shown some nice signs of improvement. So that's another great thing. Uh, Kemba Walker was uh, pretty inconsistent this year, but he did have stretches where he was really good. And then Gordon Hayward, uh, even though he was injured for a good bit, whenever he was on the floor, he looked phenomenal for the Celtics team. Uh, and I think as long as they run it back, if they can have a good draft, uh, have a good free agency that can improve their depth, because that's uh, been the biggest hindrance for them the entire season, uh, I think they can just run it back and be really good again uh, next season and maybe be a championship-level team. We'll obviously have some more competition with uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant coming back healthy uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, and then uh, depending on what the Bucks do, uh, the Raptors can still be good. The Heat will still be good. I expect the Pacers to be good. Uh, it's going to be a tough East, but I think the Celtics can still be up there. Uh, whenever they do lose, I'll go more in depth on what I'd like to see them do in the offseason, especially as a Celtics fan. I think it'd be nice uh, for you guys to see my perspective on that. But yeah, I mean, it was a tough loss for sure. Losing this series, which is probably what's going to happen. Uh, we do have game uh, five tonight. Hopefully the Celtics can win because, I mean... Uh, we just want to get as close of a series as we can. And, I mean, this series has been close. For it being a 3-1 series, uh, very similar to the Lakers versus Nuggets, actually. Both of these series are 3-1, uh, but they both could easily have gone the other way and have both been uh, two really, really competitive uh, 3-1 series. So, as just an uh, unbiased perspective, that is really nice to see. But as a Celtics fan, this loss hurt a lot. Uh, could have played a lot better in so many different ways, and it was just a disappointing loss. Uh, but on the Heat side, man, Tyler Hero, I've always been a big believer in Tyler Hero. I've been singing his praises so, so much. Uh, I thought he was great this rookie season, even though he did have some inconsistencies and some injuries. And we clearly saw during this uh, these couple months of break, uh, this couple month break, which is basically another off season, we're seeing him take that next leap to really become an emerging star in this league. Uh, he's been phenomenal this playoffs. He's been super, super consistent. I think he's been averaging about like 16 and a half, four and four for the Heat. And he's just been great. This game uh, was his career game in a game that basically sealed the uh, Heat's trip to the finals, even though it's not actually over. It's theoretically over. And he just showed up on the biggest stage. I mean, 
what can I say? He played absolutely incredible this game. 37 points on 14 of 21 shooting, 5 of 10 from 3. He had that massive 3 against Marcus Smart from super deep, which was just an incredible shot. He had some crazy finishes, uh, like the reverse layup on Jason Tatum. Uh, his mid-range game, he was killing it in the pick and roll. Uh, he's a really, really good in that area, and that pick and roll between him and Bam was deadly, something that was super tough for the Celtics to stop. Uh, whenever he'd get a pick from Bam off a handoff play, uh, he'd get an open lane to the basket, or maybe he'd get an opportunity to pull it from mid-range. He was hitting those. He just has so much confidence, uh, and he's never phased by the moment. Uh, and you can just clearly see that in the big shots he hit during the regular season, like that one against the 76ers uh, late in game where they got the steal and he pulled it out for three. Uh, you saw that again with the shot against Marcus Smart. And ever since I saw him in, uh, uh, in the summer league where he just showed that confidence, I was a big believer in him. Uh, I definitely didn't know too much about him coming out of college other than that he was a really good shooter and that he had potential to expand his game. And, I mean, we're just seeing that. Like I said, the basically another offseason during the middle of the season I think has been huge for these uh, young players. And we've seen a lot of these guys take a step. Guys like Jason Tatum's playmaking has gotten way better. Tyler Hero, uh, Donovan Mitchell playmaking looked way better. Uh, Jamal Murray's scoring looked better and looks like an improved playmaker. Tyler Hero is an improved scorer and an improved playmaker. Uh, we've just seen so many young guys take a big step. And I think the season uh, was big for a lot of these guys to just get even more confidence. Like Tyler Hero uh, already has a crazy amount of confidence, but now that he's proving it on the big stage and everybody's talking about him, everybody's talking about this crazy performance, uh, he is probably just going to be even more confident. And he looked phenomenal out there. You really see Eric Spolstra put all the trust into him. Uh, with how much he plays him basically in almost every single playoff game he's been playing like 30 plus minutes even though he does come off the bench uh they've been playing him at both guard spots he's been a combo guard for them and again he's just been phenomenal uh and this was just a big exclamation point for him his career game in one of the biggest games of the miami heat's entire season and yeah what a game from tyler hero kid has such such a bright future uh, reminds me of a CJ McCollum type player, and I just think he's going to be really good. I think the sky's the limit. Uh, I don't think he'll be as good as Devin Booker, even though that's the comparison, and I can definitely see the comparison where they both came out of college. Uh, both were the 13th pick as a shooting guard. Both have a ton of confidence and were both thought of as just shooters at first, but quickly proved that they're way much more than that. Uh, and even if Tyler Hero doesn't reach that level, I think he'll be an all-star uh, level player. I don't ever know if he'll be an all-NBA player, but I think the playmaking is going to take a step, and we've already seen that he's a great scorer, so he just needs to stay healthy and then improve the consistency. And, yeah, this was a absolute home run pick from the Heat. It makes it truly does sadden me every single day, uh, remind, remembering that Tyler Hero was one pick away from the Boston Celtics at 14. Because that kid is a straight-up baller. He's a phenomenal basketball player and has been uh, an inaugural piece in the Heat's uh, championship run. And I think he could play a big part in them potentially winning the championship because this Heat team is so, so good. And I think they're a really good matchup against the Lakers. Uh, but talking about other people after 
singing Tyler Hero praises for like five minutes like I've done this entire season. Love Tyler Hero. Uh, but Jimmy Butler was good this game. I mean, nothing crazy. He just scored 24. Uh, only shot 40%, but got to the line uh, and just made some big plays. Uh, you can always expect him to uh, come up late. And what I love about Jimmy Butler is that he doesn't have the ego where he's not going to trust his guys. Like, he fully put the trust into Tyler Hero, even though Jimmy Butler is obviously the best player on this team. He's so established as a top tw- 10 to 12, 15, uh, top 10 to 12 player and is a player that has risen up on my ranks as playoffs to maybe even being uh, a top 10 player. And even with that, he's still putting trust in guys like Tyler Hero and letting him close out the game. Uh, even when Duncan Robinson is missing his uh, shots like he did this game, shooting 0-5 uh, from the field and 0-4 from three, you're still going to see Jimmy Butler put his confidence into guys like Duncan Robinson, into guys like Jay Crowder, who shot really bad this game, and uh, Bam, who's been phenomenal this whole playoffs. You know he's always going to hit him on the pick and roll, so I love to see that. And But the thing about him is, too, when he does need to take over, uh, believe me, he will. And, yeah, he was pretty solid this game. Bam continues to be an absolute matchup nightmare for the Celtics. Uh, just with all the things he could do, the versatility as a passer, uh, the rebounding, the screens he's setting have been super hard uh, to guard. Again, with him and Tyler Hero, that pick and roll, uh, the picks off the handoff plays are just a absolute problem for the Celtics because Bam has been such a threat on the lob, and then Tyler Hero is so good. It's such a dynamic uh, offense when he's playing so well, and then you just have guys like Tyler Hero stepping up. And then guys like Goran Dragic, who overall didn't have a very good game. I mean, 8 of 21, 3 of 9 from 3, uh, but he was still showing that aggressiveness, and he was uh, still being a threat. The Celtics have to worry about him because he's been a problem for the Celtics, uh, and he's been a big matchup problem. So they have to put attention on him. And it just creates a problem because they're going to try and bully guys like Kemba. Uh, we saw a lot of Kemba on Tyler Hero, and, and that's a problem. We saw Kemba on Goran Dragic earlier. That was a problem. And, yeah, I mean, the Heat's game plan has been phenomenal. Eric Spolstra, in my opinion, best coach in the entire league. It was uh, very close between uh, Nick Nurse and him for me. But I think this playoffs has established him as the best coach in the entire league. What we've seen with him running the zones. And then just the trust that he puts into his guys. He uh, really does believe in all of his guys and believes in the culture that they built. And the culture that they have built is phenomenal. Uh, Every guy really buys into it. And it all makes them better basketball players. Uh, It seems like everybody's egos are dropped here. And they're just trying to win uh, games. And they have the talent to do that. Mixed with the coaching. Mixed with the culture. This team is just built so well. The infrastructure of the team is great. And yeah, they have looked really good this series. Even though it's been a close one. Uh, because these two teams are very evenly matched up as far as talent. They both have two of the best coaches. Uh, but we're just seeing the Heat slightly uh, edge out the Celtics. Uh, with the coaching and just with how their players have been playing. I think that's been the difference. Is seeing... Uh, Eric Spolster run these zones, which have given the Celtics so many problems uh, because the Heat guys are just everywhere. Even their bad defenders, uh, guys like Duncan Robinson, who the Celtics have been doing everything they can to target, and guys like Goran Dragic, uh, when they run the zone, they're kind of hidden. 
And with the crazy amount of length they have and just how they get around the floor, it's, uh, it feels like there's like six people out there. It's crazy how they're doing this. And their true Cinderella story and have just proven everyone who doubted them wrong. I was some, someone who even believed in them and thought they were uh, a really, really good team. But I didn't even think they were this good. But they've proven me uh, wrong that they're a true, true championship team. And as long as the Lakers face them in the finals, which we're expecting, uh, they cannot sleep on this Heat team at all because they are a really good matchup to him, uh, to them. And yeah, uh, whenever that series uh, like gets official, I'll make sure to do a preview on that. I'll go super in depth, uh, talking about all the matchups, talking about the coaching, trying to go really uh, just deep into the series and really breaking it down. Uh, but yeah, really fun series uh, as a non-biased fan. But as a Celtics fan, this one really hurts. And as a Heat fan, you must be ecstatic. Uh, especially a lot of people were make, making fun of Heat fans for basically like saying Tyler Hero was untouchable in any trade. But unless you're getting a bona fide superstar, there's no way I'd trade Tyler Hero. He's amazing. Uh, Bam is amazing. Goran Dragic, really good. Duncan Robinson, great. Jimmy Butler, top 10 to 12 player uh andre Iguodala, nice vet even though he uh on the stat sheet he's never going to look great but i think he brings a nice presence to that team and he's just a super super smart player and yeah i just love what they have they're such a great team eric spolster is such a great coach can't praise them enough to be totally honest moving on to lakers versus nuggets uh first talking about game three which the nuggets did end up pulling out uh, Jeremy Grant was absolutely incredible this game. 26 points, 7 of 11 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. Uh, got to the line 12 times even. He was being so aggressive. Off the catch, he was just straight attacking them. Uh, he was hitting shots uh, from the mid-range. He was just doing absolutely everything for the Nuggets. He was playing good defense on LeBron. Uh, and, and, I mean, he's just really raised his value. Uh, I already thought he was going to have some good value on the open market just because he's such a versatile guy who basically literally every team would want. I don't know who wouldn't want a Jeremy Grant type of guy who uh, his, th his three-point shot has improved a ton. He's super athletic, uh, can really get up and down the court, is a really, really good defender, and is just such a nice, nice role player. Literally, again, everyone would want Jeremy Grant on their team. Uh, it's big for the Nuggets to try and re-sign him this offseason because he's going to have, like I said, he's going to have a lot of value on the open market. And, yeah, he's just proved a lot during uh, this playoff run. He's been a super underrated uh, part of their playoff run. As you're obviously going to talk like guys uh, about guys like Jokic, who has been insane in this playoffs. Guys like Jamal Murray, who's elevated his game to a whole nother level and has proved uh, so many people, including myself, wrong. I was really questioning when he got that max contract. And after another season of him being pretty inconsistent and just being still like a fringe all-star type guy, uh, I thought I thought I was proven right, and I'm sure a lot of people were in the same boat as me. Uh, but he's proven me wrong. And even uh, if slash when the Nuggets do lose the series, uh, you have to be so so happy as a front office member, as the coach, as any of the players. Uh, as a fan of this team because they outperformed literally everyone's expectations they defied all the odds by coming back from down 3-1 twice 
beating uh, the Clippers, who many, many people picked as their championship favorites. And yeah, then, I mean, the Nuggets, even in the series, like I said earlier, uh, this series has been very, very close. Uh, it's just like the Celtics versus Heat, where it could be 3-1 in the Nuggets' favor. It could be 2-2. It could be a tied series. Uh, but we're just kind of seeing the youth. Uh, we saw the Nuggets actually almost blow this game, which was crazy because they had a massive lead. But we kind of saw the youth where it was a lot of turnovers, a lot of lazy passes. And then the Lakers uh, were coming back like crazy. They won a, went on a huge run uh, and were playing great basketball. But at the end of the day, the Nuggets uh, did end up closing it out. Uh, that lead was enough of a cushion. And then Jamal Murray, man. Jamal Murray hit some huge, huge shots. Uh, he was so, so important for them winning this game. He also had that amazing pass to Paul Millsap, which was just so incredible. A play that we definitely wouldn't have seen him make before uh, this playoffs. But he's just risen to a whole nother level in all facets of the game. Like I said, his uh, playmaking is looked really really good his playmaking has looked much better his rebounding has even looked better he's been aggressive on the glass and the opportunities he can have uh three-point shot he has the confidence to hit these crazy step back sidestep off the dribble off the pick and roll he can hit basically any three uh he hits deep ones like the one to close this game uh his mid-range game the step back mid-range off the pick and roll has basically been an unguardable move for the nuggets he's attacking the basket like crazy i mean jamal murray man is phenomenal and has again just risen his game to a whole nother level this playoffs and has Shown something that I never never thought would we would see from him because we've seen stretches of this. It's just always with Jamal Murray the consistency, and this is a definitely a large enough sample size for me to be like, yeah, this is going to be the guy we're going to see next year. We're not going to see the Jamal Murray who one game is scoring thirty with six assists and uh, five rebounds and close the game, and then the next he has like ten. And he's just there for a couple games. No, we're going to see this Jamal Murray where even if he's not an all-star, he's going to be way firmer in all-star contention. He's going to be averaging uh, like 23 or something. I even, uh, before the playoffs, thought Michael Porter Jr. could have been their leading scorer next year with Jamal Murray being the third guy. But honestly, at this point, I think he could definitely be the leading scorer for the Nuggets. I don't think that means he'll be the best player because I think Nikola Jokic is still so incredible. Uh, but Jamal's in for a huge next season. He's so great, and his offensive uh, moves, he can just do everything out there on the floor. It's just always been about consistency, and for this 18-game stretch, we've seen him be e extremely consistent, even in the Clippers series where they were trying to throw everybody at him, and he did have some uh, struggling moments. He still had that 40-point game seven and was huge uh, in the in the series against the Jazz, where it was a super, super tough just battle between him and Donovan Mitchell, who was going off. He got the upper hand, and even though he had a rough Game 7, basically everyone except Nikola Jokic did. So he's just proven to me that he can be that consistent. Uh, number one score, even if Jokic is the best player, and even if he's closing the game a lot of the time, uh, he can be that number one guy. And Jamal Murray really proved me wrong. Uh, really impressive performance from him. Shout out to Jamal Murray, man.
And then Nikola Jokic had a good game, uh, 22 points, uh, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. He just played pretty solid, nothing crazy, but overall, good performance from him. Uh, and I can always rely on Jokic uh, hitting some big shots late. And like I said, again, Jamal Murray has been phenomenal. Him and Jokic in the fourth quarter, uh, crazy. I saw a style where Jamal Murray is like, uh, like 50 points ahead of the next guy, which is tied between Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler in fourth quarter slash overtime points. Uh, those guys just really go off in that fourth quarter, and it's really impressive. And then you always have guys that step up for the Nuggets, even though they don't really have that consistent third guy yet, which I think is going to be Michael Porter Jr. Uh, when he gets fully unlocked, when he's better on defense, and when he's just more more experienced as a basketball player. Uh, I think he's going to be the third guy, but you see games where it's Jeremy Grant. Monte Morris always brings really valuable minutes to him. To them like in 19 minutes 14 points two of four from three he's a great mid-range shooter uh he's a really nice playmaker and who and is just such a smart player i'm sure any team would absolutely love monte morris as a, as a backup point guard and he was even playing next to jamal murray and that just brings a lot of playmaking to them uh brings a lot of shot creation a lot of nice ball handling and I love seeing that lineup. They were really dynamic when those two were out there. And then, like I said, Jeremy Grant was great this game. Yeah, they just have so many guys that could do a lot of different things. And they just have such a talented team. They're a great basketball team and have had an amazing run. I mean, LeBron had a really good game overall. 30 points, really efficient. Uh, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Classic LeBron, 30-point triple-double. Uh, even though I would have liked to see him be better late, he was a little bit too passive late, in my opinion, and really just should have got into the teeth of the defense more because uh, that could have really just closed the series out. And even though they are up 3-1 now, they could have easily lost that last game and been a 2-2 series. Uh, so I would have liked to see him be more aggressive. But, I mean, Anthony Davis was really good. He's been just such a matchup nightmare for the Nuggets. They can't do anything to stop him. And, yeah, 27 points. Uh gets to the line at a crazy rate and just does everything out there for uh, the Lakers. And as long as they have some guys who can step up, like this game, KCP had a good game, 5 of 8, 2 of 5 from 3. Kyle Kuzma, 11 points, uh, 4 of 7. Rajon Rondo uh, took 10 shots. I mean, he missed all three of his threes, but in this playoffs, he's been really, really good. He had three steals. Uh, eight assists. He was big in the Lakers' potential comeback where they uh, came back from down like 20 to make it like a five-point game. He was a huge reason because he was getting steals and getting the Lakers out in the fast break, uh, which was the thing that brought him back. So uh, a pretty decent performance from the Lakers. It's not like they played terrible. The three-point shot was definitely the thing that was uh, their Achilles heel and the turnovers too. They had 16 of those. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was just more impressed by the Nuggets than anything, even though that lead that they almost blew was a little scary. You just saw the uh, youth in that and then the Lakers veteran presence, but still a nice performance from the Nuggets. And then in this game, this was a really fun game. This was a great game to watch. Uh, Jamal Murray had another crazy game. I mean, 32 points, 8 assists. We saw him get 12 the previous game. Uh, he was just so impressive. Uh, he didn't even make a single three, and he only took three of them. Uh, but he was doing everything else. Like I said, that pick-and-roll mid-range step back 
absolutely impossible to guard. And we saw him make some crazy shots, like the left-handed spin shot. We saw him make that layup on LeBron, which was one of the most incredible shots I've ever seen. He went full MJ mode on that, and that was insane. Uh, and he was just, again, great in this game, 12 of 20. He is proving me just so wrong, and I'm super proud for him because I always saw the talent. I just never knew if he could be that guy, and he's proving that he can. And I'd definitely like to see Nikola Jokic be more aggressive. I mean, he was in foul trouble. Uh, that was a big issue as he couldn't really play much in the fourth quarter, which really hindered them, uh, and it was the biggest reason for me why they lost because he didn't even like score in the fourth quarter and he's uh even though jamal murray has the most points in like fourth quarter slash overtime uh at the end of the game they have the ball in Nikola Jokic's hands a lot because he's such a phenomenal closer and just not having him out there really hurt he and he just wasn't that aggressive in the minutes he played in 35 minutes only scored 16 points took 13 shots and it's not like he played bad. He shot 6 of 13, 2 of 3 from 3. Uh, just didn't play a great game and just wasn't aggressive out there. And, I mean, Paul Millsap just hasn't looked good at all this playoff. Six, uh, in 16 minutes, only uh, 5 points and then 5 fouls. Definitely expect him to be gone. Uh, but, again, Jeremy Grant, another another good game for him. 17 points, 2 of 6 from 3. Uh, he's just been so valuable for this Nuggets team, and he plays a lot. He played 42 minutes in this game. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. definitely hit some massive shots out there. I just love what he brings to the team as a guy who's just such a natural scorer. You can see it every time you're watching him play that it just comes so easy to him. And, yeah, uh, 3 of 6 from 3, he hit, can hit some super tough shots at valuable points in the game. Had 13 points overall uh, and is a really good rebounder. So it's nice to see the impact he brought in the only 20 minutes he played. Uh, just still due to that poor defense. But uh, Monte Morris, another good game for them, 12 points. Uh, just a super efficient player, four assists, zero turnovers. Got to the line five times, made four of those. Just never really see him make a mistake. He just does everything out uh, right out there on the court, and he's a really good player for them. Uh, and I mean, overall, it's not like they played a bad game at all. They didn't shoot great from the three. They didn't shoot terrible, though, at around 36%. And overall, it was a decent game. Uh, they didn't even turn the ball over that much. They only turned the ball over 11 times. Jamal Murray played great. And yeah, it was more just at the end of the day, the Los Angeles Lakers outplaying them. Anthony Davis had a, a really good game. Again, gets to the free throw line at a crazy rate. It was kind of frustrating. I felt like a lot of those calls were uh, uh, pretty bad. I felt like they got to the line uh, a little more than they should have. We saw that uh, one where it looked like he twisted his ankle on Paul Millsap's foot. But that wasn't Paul Millsap's fault at all. Uh, Paul Millsap didn't go under him. It was just Anthony Davis landing on him. And they called a foul on that, which was just terrible. And then basically the same ha thing happened uh, when Jokic... Uh, shot and LeBron closed out of him and they didn't call foul on that so that was just a huge inconsistency uh, LeBron definitely fouled Jamal on one of those layups where he just completely slats his arm and they called nothing on that uh, but still 
Uh, AD and LeBron played pretty good. LeBron overall didn't shoot it very well, shooting 7 of 18. He was really struggling with his jump shot. Uh, there was a certain stretch where he was just missing and missing. I think I saw, like, out of the paint, he only shot, like, 1 of 9. He shot really, really bad. Uh, and, yeah, that just was pretty ugly to see. But he did get to the free throw line 14 times, making 11 of those. Uh, and then 9 rebounds, 8 assists. You love to see the 0 turnovers. Uh, that's something that's awesome to see as they really did a great job of limiting those having only nine. That's so great to see. And then Anthony Davis, 34 points, 10 of 15, got to the line 14 times, making 13 of those would still like to see him get more rebounds as he seemed to be just pretty unaggressive on the glass, but still a nice performance. And then Dwight Howard started at center, uh, with JaVale McGee just being basically eliminated from the playoffs. Like, JaVale only played five minutes. Uh, he just really hasn't played much in this uh, series and hasn't been good when he's played. Uh, but, yeah, Dwight looked really, really good. I mean, 12 points, shot five of six, and it was just more the energy he brought. He was killing the Nuggets on the offensive glass. He had six offensive rebounds. Uh, those were huge for them. And then 11 rebounds overall. He, again, just brought some nice energy. And as long as he's not fouling, which has been the issue for a majority of the series, he's been really, really good for the uh, Nugget, uh, for the Lakers out there. And has just, again, brought nice energy, played nice defense. And those offensive rebounds are huge. I mean, KCP had a nice game, 13 points, 3 of 9 from 3. Nothing great. Uh, but you just kind of hope that one of their guys can at least hit like three of nine threes. And honestly, with how good LeBron and AD are, that's good enough. Uh, Kyle Kuzma needs to stop shooting. Oh my God. In 18 minutes, he shot 11 times. Uh, only shot four of 11, two of seven from three. He, uh, is so much worse than he thinks. He, uh, is probably one of the, like the, has the biggest egos for a player of how good he is. He's just not very good. And yeah, he needs to stop taking away opportunities from LeBron and AD for him to shoot. Cause that's a waste of a possession. Uh, a lot, a lot of the times. And then, I mean, Rondo, uh, played good. He's just been so great. This playoffs. I don't know how Rondo does it every year, th especially this year. Like I get some of the other years where he doesn't look great, but he looks decent in the regular season. He looked straight up bad this regular season. He was a huge negative. And when he uh, came back from his injury, I honestly thought it was going to be a negative because they were going to be giving him minutes. Uh, but man, he's looked great this playoffs. Uh, got 11 points, seven assists. He had two huge offensive rebounds. One of them uh, really late in game. That was uh, just big for the Lakers. And again, uh, with how good LeBron and Anthony Davis are, as long as you have some role players step up, uh, even if it's just one, the Lakers have such a good chance of winning. Uh, but whenever they do end up making the finals, can't sleep on the Heat at all. And I still. Uh, don't want them at all to sleep on the Nuggets because they're a team that's going to stay in the game every time. Again, this is a 3-1 series, but has been really close. And they fight so, so hard. They just never go away, so you can't sleep on them. Uh, I'd hope the Lakers just close out this series, even though, as uh, for me, I'd want to see, uh, see it extend to 6 or 7. But for the Lakers, I think uh, this next game, they should come out just full aggressiveness and try and end the series. Don't even let the Nuggets 
have a chance to fight. Don't even uh, give them any belief that they can win this. But yeah, I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back to talk about the hiring of Billy Donovan for the Chicago Bulls. Now, this one is a very, very interesting one. Honestly, something that I didn't expect. Uh, I did hear that the, the Bulls were going to go after Billy Donovan and were going to pursue him. But I was surprised to hear uh, that the contract was agreed on so quickly as it was just recently uh, agreed on by both sides that the... Uh, the Thunder and Billy Donovan would split ways. Uh, but he is the coach of the Chicago Bulls now. Obviously, it's an upgrade from Jim Boylan. I think basically any uh, competent NBA coach is an upgrade from Jim Boylan. And I was really impressed with the way that Billy Donovan coached the Thunder this year. Uh, I think he was uh, did a great job of doing the rotations uh, with the three-guard lineup. He experimented a lot and... Like I said, overall, I just think he did a very good job coaching this season. But overall, his uh, track record does have some uh, pretty ugly spots to it. He uh, had a pretty simple offense, especially when it was uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook with him. There really wasn't much player movement. It was just a lot of Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant isos. Uh, but I think we have seen him improve, even though it still isn't perfect. And we saw some big, big uh, issues in the playoffs, like... Uh, basically the whole end of Game 7 with him having Danilo Gallinari take the free throw uh, with the plays they called towards the end of the game uh, that led to them not even getting a shot off to try and tie uh, the game and bring it to overtime. So it's still uh, an issue for him where sometimes he just makes the wrong decision and doesn't look like a good coach. But overall, I think he uh, proved a lot this season, and hopefully he can continue to do that with the Bulls, because I think the Bulls have a lot of talent on their roster. Uh, I think Laurie Markin is a very, very talented player who was extremely misused in Jim Boylan's system, uh, and was probably the player that got hurt the most by Jim Boylan, uh, being the head coach for them. I think Zach Levine is a great scorer, even though he could still work on other parts of his game for sure. And I don't think he's a number one guy, but I think he's a really good second or third option. And he will continue to get better as he's proven to uh, every single season. Uh, I think Wendell Carter whenever he's healthy, is a great, great player. I think he can be the next Al Horford type of player. Uh, his playmaking, even though that hasn't been used a lot, uh, hopefully Billy Donovan uh, tries to use his playmaking because I think that has a lot of potential. Uh, I think he can uh, potentially be a center who can pop out to the mid-range and potentially even pop out to the three like Al Horford. Uh, I think his post game solid, and I just think he's a very, very smart defender. Uh he is one of the better defender defending centers in the entire league. And yeah, I think he's really good. I think Chandler Hutchinson is even a player who can be a really nice role player as long as he stays healthy. I think Kobe White is a really talented scorer, even though I'm not I'm still not hundred percent sure on him after a really up and down rookie season, which had a lot of bad moments, but also a lot of great moments. But overall, I just think uh for this Bulls team, it's not about trying to be uh, a team that can win right now. I think it's about trying to build a culture because, honestly, uh, I just think co uh, uh, taking in the NBA is something that, even though it can get you a lot of high draft picks and get you talented players, I think the culture that comes along with it 
is something that uh, can hurt a team a lot. So I think getting a guy like Billy Donovan really shows what direction they're going in because Billy Donovan is a guy who is going to want to win. And I do like uh, to see them go in that direction. I don't know if he's exactly the right guy. Uh, I would have liked Kenny Atkinson more. I would have been interested to see what Wes Unseld Jr. Uh, could have done for them as a coach. But he was one of the better options on the market. And I think he's going to use guys like Lowry Markin so much better. And I think this team will definitely get unlocked. It's just all about staying healthy uh, and building a winning culture there. Uh, but definitely, definitely just the health. Uh, I think they need to completely fire that like whole medical staff because there's something going wrong with them. Uh, I'm pretty sure the past couple seasons they've only had like one trainer, which could definitely uh, be a reason why they've had so many injuries. So I just think they need a big overhaul. Uh, they have Carnicevus there uh, as the general manager I, or uh, president of basketball operations. I'm not 100% sure uh, what's the exact role he plays. Uh, but he's a guy who was with the Nuggets, and we've obviously seen what the Nuggets are doing. Uh, they built a great team with not many high draft picks. Basically, the only high draft pick that they had uh, was Jamal Murray. Other than that, uh, they just made a lot of smart trades, a lot of smart signings, uh, and a lot of smart draft picks. So uh, as long as the Bulls can do that, which they already have a good foundation with a lot of talented players, and they have a ton of cap space in 2021, which is one of the best uh, free agent classes in a long time, uh, up there with 2019 for sure, and potentially even better depending on who opts out. And obviously they're a big market, even though historically they've never gotten a bunch of free agents uh, with all the moves that they've made in the front office. Uh, and if they show potential, they could be in the running for uh, some of those guys. And I just like this move overall. Uh, wouldn't be my number one guy for them, but he would be up there. And, yeah, I mean, I just want to see the Bulls be good because the Bulls are one of the teams. It's like the Bulls, the Knicks, the Lakers, Celtics, the Heat even. When those teams are good, just basketball is more fun. It's always fun to see uh, big markets. And they, the Bulls have a lot of super exciting players. Kobe White's really exciting. Zach Levine's really exciting. Lowry Markkinen, when he's good, is a really exciting stretch big. I even really like watching Wendell Carter Jr., even though uh, just on paper he's not super exciting. I just like his game a lot. So as long as there's health, uh, they build up a culture, and Billy Donovan is a solid enough coach. I don't think he's ever going to be a championship coach, but maybe he can be a team. Uh, he can be a guy like Mark Jackson was for the Warriors, where uh, he's a bit of a stepping stone coach, where he kind of builds the culture up, they're a solid team, but maybe they need a really great coach to take the next step. And they only have him signed for four years, so it's like maybe after three years of developing, uh, they decided who their guys are that they're going to stick with and they're looking good. Maybe they fire Billy Donovan and move on to a guy who they think can be a championship-level coach or even a guy who can just get them farther in the playoffs. So I think that uh, would be the best-case scenario for them is that they find their guy, uh, they maybe get someone in the offseason next year. Uh, they make smart draft picks. Their guys stay healthy. They develop. They don't uh, give out any dumb contracts. And uh, Billy Donovan can be used as a stepping co stone uh, coach for them to step up to the next level. But again, do like this hiring. Like where the Bulls are headed. Uh, and like Carnicevus. Like everything that he's done for the Bulls so far. And hopefully they can keep making the right moves. I think this draft will be big for them. If they can get a guy like Killian Hayes to add some playmaking and some even more scoring, uh, this 
team's young core is going to be incredible. They have the fourth pick, so that's really good for them. And yeah, like that move. Uh, last thing I do want to talk about, we're just going to quickly discuss uh, Dolphins versus Jaguars. Now, this game was pretty interesting. The, the Dolphins played an incredible game. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was great. 18 of 20, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Ran seven times, got a touchdown. Like, he was just great. He had some big plays on fourth down. He had that run on fourth down to convert. Uh, and just overall, he was phenomenal this game. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Jakeem Grant, <laughs> so used to talking about Jeremy Grant, uh, had a big carry for 29 yards. Devontae Parker... Uh, was a big target, getting uh, five receptions for 29 yards, uh, for 69 yards, I mean. And uh, Mike Kosicki had a touchdown. He only had uh, one reception, but he's been great all year, too. And overall, I mean, they just looked really good. What I was most impressed with, though, is the way they were getting after the quarterback. They were really, really uh, getting after Gardner Mitchell and putting a ton of pressure in him and making him have to make quick throws. Uh, which was tough because the they had to try and make a big comeback because uh, the Dolphins got out to such a lead. Uh, but when Gardner Minshew is getting pressured and he can't really stretch the field, uh, it's just a lot of short passes, and that didn't really lead to much. They were just all over him the entire night. Uh, they forced a fumble. They got uh, a good amount of sacks. And even when they weren't getting a sack necessarily, it was just good pressure. They got four sacks overall. And, yeah, the defense just looked really good. The offense looked really good. I do want to see Tua to Vailoa. I mean, the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing is cool. It's fun watching him. And it's fun to see a player so old and who's bounced around so much actually be a solid NFL quarterback. Uh, but I would just like to see Tua because, obviously, the season isn't really going anywhere. Uh, but I do like what the Dolphins are building. I think they're building a nice culture. Uh, I think they have a really nice coaching staff and – they made some uh, good moves in the offseason, getting guys like Byron Jones, uh, Kyle Vanoy. Uh, the defense is improving. They had a good draft. So, yeah, I like what I've seen from the Dolphins. Uh, they haven't looked amazing, but they hung in there with the Bills. They blew out the Jaguars, who actually looked really good to start the season. So, yeah, been impressed by the Dolphins so far, to be honest. Uh, and then Gardner Minshew, I mean, like I said, it was just a lot of short passes. Like, his stats look better than what he played. Uh, he did have an interception. Uh, 30 for 42, uh, 275 yards, but he just couldn't couldn't really make that big play because he doesn't have a big arm anyway. Uh, but w what was uh, happening with all the pressure that he was getting thrown at him, he just really couldn't even make that big play. And it was just a lot, lot of underneath passes. And even though that's nice and that's an effective way to gain yards, uh, it's not an effective way to try and come back when you're uh, put in a big deficit. And... Uh, the running game was decent. James Robinson has looked uh, actually very, very solid to start the year off so far. Uh, 11 carries, 46 yards, and two touchdowns. He was also big out of the uh, backfield as a receiver, getting six receptions for 83 yards. Uh, un undrafted running back who has just looked really good for the Shagwars team so far. Uh, but again, they just didn't look great. The offensive line looked really bad. But I do like what I've seen from guys like LaVisca Sernault so far, James Robinson. This team just isn't that talented uh, at all. But they have some nice young players. And they're going to get a high draft pick. Uh, I'll be interested to see what they do with that. Maybe they draft a guy like Trevor Lawrence, try and get uh, their franchise quarterback if they don't believe in Gardner Minshew. Which I believe uh, Gardner Minshew can be a solid uh, starting quarterback. But I don't know if I'd want 
want him as my franchise guy. Uh, I do think he's a really nice locker room guy. I think he's a nice leader. But I just don't think simply enough he's uh, talented enough to be that guy. But yeah, a nice performance by the Dolphins. Uh, They looked really good this game. Uh, That has been the Under Pressure Podcast. I really hope you did enjoy this episode. And yeah, it's been Michael. Peace out.